0: Hi everyone, welcome to Chord Chronicles, and wow, it is great to be back. Had a lot of technical difficulties last week, actually didn't get to put out any content. You know, life has setbacks sometimes.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: The struggle, the struggle is real. But you know what, we are back, and we have some great albums this week. But before we get into any of that, how have you been this week, Amy?
1: just say it has been a very rushed and hectic week (laughs) and let's just leave it at that
0: but it's a very rushed and hectic life isn't it
1: it is but it's just been especially crazy and frustrating and we're just not even gonna get into all that we're gonna talk about music that'll cheer me up
0: would you say you're blue (laughs) no because it's over baby (sighs) it's over baby it's over george's blue thanks my peach i'm I'm seeing red
1: this week let's just put it that way
0: i well i'm not gonna get too political but this was this was lost last week my little celebration because that's right you know ronald grump I think that's that guy's name. I don't know. I refuse to refuse to uh, recognize the legitimacy of his name. So Ronald Grump will soon be confirmed to be going out of the White House, and I'm so happy. And then he's going to make his own channel and run for president in 2024. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, I'm glad that the. The country is blue. It's just been a particularly really trying week.
0: And COVID is crazy right now. Oh. So everyone, be careful out there. If you're outside of the US and your country's done a good job of, you know, controlling the virus, good job. And I you know Pray for appreciate, us. Appreciate <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate that some people actually have sense. But uh you know, politics aside, we did um, we did have some really good albums last week, and we had some good you know good conversation about them. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> so you won't it, get to hear it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, side, you know, side note, everyone, it sounded like I was in outer space in a cone, and no amount of editing could fix that, and I just wasn't going to do that to anyone. <laughs> but we actually were able to save our Jeff's Just Jamming and our Amy's All Alone segments from last week. So I thought it would be fair to go ahead and take a break. And we're going to go ahead and play those for you guys. And when we get back, we're going to get into week 19. So we'll be right back. What's up everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Jeff's Just Jammin'. You know what? Last week was really fun. We got that T2 Welcome to Boomland album. That was amazing actually. week before I had The Stooges Funhouse, so I think I'm on quite a roll. Well this week is a pretty good album as well. I don't want to say it's on the level of those two previous albums I've had, but I'm going to talk about Iron Butterfly's Metamorphosis. Now, I'm familiar with Iron Butterfly, only pretty much in a God of the I mean, who doesn't know that? In a God of the Vida, you know, come on, everyone's heard that. Actually, this album's a little bit different than that. This is their fourth album, and it was released on August 13th, almost said third, August 13th, 1970. And it did reach number 16 on the U.S. charts, so it was a successful album. And also found out Mike Panera and Larry El Rhino Reinhardt became members of Iron Butterfly in the early part of 1970 when they started recording this album. So they are actually a new addition to the band. And I'm just going to cover the personnel real quick because I like to let everyone know who's on the album. Uh, we have Ron Bushy on drums. Lee Dorman on bass guitar. Doug Engel on organ and vocals. And like I said, Mike Panera on guitar. And he does vocals as well. And Larry Reinhardt is on guitar. We do have some additional personnel. And I will point them out real quickly. We have Richard Podolore as producer. He plays sitar and 12 string guitar on this album. It's, has some. This album does have some really interesting sounds. I will give them that. It's quite a bit more experimental and it strays away from the traditional quote unquote iron butterfly sound. So I did like that in that respect. It is a little bit different but anyway uh, a little bit more of the additional personnel. Bill Cooper was an engineer and he played 12 string guitar as well and then you know you have Robert uh, Roger Webster, Bob Jenkins and Robert Blue they were all involved with photography and art on the album. The album cover is actually pretty interesting. It looks like uh, there's a coffin. It's washed up. I guess it's probably come off a boat. And washed up on the shore. So I don't know where they got it from. The idea. But I figured being metamorphosis. It might be like a butterfly changing. But anyway. I guess armchair quarterbacking. It uh, uh, looks like there was only one single from this album. And I will... Talking more about it but in a minute but that was Easy Rider and it did reach number 66 on Billboard chart and that's actually the band's biggest hit aside from God of Bonita and I thought that was pretty impressive actually But anyway I'm just gonna get into the actual songs like I said this does stray quite a bit from that traditional iron butterfly sound I mean, there's no inner god all. none of that. But there is quite a few nuggets of greatness in this album. I'm just gonna get into it. The first track I say I think everyone should check out is "New Day." Now, I will say his voice is a little bit cheesy at times, but other than that, it's a solid track. I mean, you know, I don't know how to even start to explain what I mean by his voice being cheesy at times you just have to listen to it to hear it I mean it's just you know something like that (laughs) that doesn't do it justice so everyone check it out and once he gets through that though it it does jam so it's good the next track Shady Lady it's an interesting track I mean it has elements of funk in it but it's still prog rock-esque in a way I don't know, I don't know how to classify it, prog funk, (laughs) but anyway it's a jam as well so check that out. The next track I say is pretty interesting is Stone Believer. This one has a bit of a 60s rock sound but it also has soul like a soul sound in it as well. You know it's another one of those like interesting songs that you're either gonna love or hate on this album. I'd say this album is full of those. Like Shady Lady uh, that I mentioned before. It's interesting. Uh, You're either going to love it or hate it. I like the keyboard in it. So that really stuck with me. But uh, the next song uh, was Easy Rider. And that was the single. The actual title of the song is Easy Rider. And in the parentheses, Let the Wind Pay the Way. So I guess they did short it down to Easy Rider. And I don't blame them. I would say this is one of the only songs on the album that does sound like a more traditional Iron Butterfly sound. And there's lots of fun guitar in it, so be sure to check this one out. And it's it's a reason that it's a single. I mean, there's a reason. It's It does have more of that traditional Iron Butterfly sound. So, probably the best one on the album, really. And then finally, I want to point out Butterfly Blue. It's the last song on the album. It's not really a good song per se, but I would call it interesting. I did find out this is one of the first songs to feature a talk box, and I love talk box. I mean there's a lot of songs, I mean I'm just going blank right now on the actual artist, but there is an R&B artist who actually is in a Tech 9 the rapper song. And his name's Roger, and I can't remember his last name, but he is a famous 80s Talkbox artist. And just look up Talkbox Artist, and you'll probably find him. I love Talkbox, and it was really interesting in this song, but I wouldn't call it good. <laughs> this song's almost 14 minutes long, but I do say check it out if you really like experimental, progressive music, because it's definitely experimental. It's definitely progressive. And I like that they did go outside their comfort zone quite a bit. And from what I could tell and from what I read, the other lot of the other band members didn't like that. So there was a lot of contention when they were recording this album. And it also does feature as far as production-wise, it's a different layered production type of sound. So it's different than the previous Iron Butterfly albums. So but anyway, now that I've droned on about Iron Butterfly and how some of their albums are, or some of their songs, I guess I should say, are experimental on this album, the production's solid. I don't think it reached the heights that I was looking going into it. And maybe it's because of the two albums that I've had the previous two weeks. I mean, I, it, I've just been going down though. I went five stars in the studios, Fun House four and a half T2 it'll all work out in Boomland. well you would, you would think you know by that logic this one would be four stars because I'm dropping down a half stars each time actually this one just didn't quite make it I say this one's a three and a half star album but it's still a good album it's not mediocre it's a little over that <laughs> it's very experimental though so you're gonna have to really go into it with that in mind and an open mind I would say but anyway guys I do invite everyone to check out Iron Butterfly's Metamorphosis you know what I'm looking at the clock and it looks like it's getting late I think I've droned on long enough about Iron Butterfly but be sure to check it out as well as The Stooges Funhouse T2 it'll all work out in Boomland and all the albums that we talk about guys Try to follow along. It's really fun. And these these albums are usually only about 35-40 minutes long. So you can just put it on and listen. You're not reviewing it like we are. (laughs) So try to listen for more pleasure. But anyway, like I said, it looks like it's getting late. And there's still plenty of music. Because you know what? The music never stops. And neither do I. Enjoy.
1: Jeff here right now, so you just get to listen to me. I get to talk about the band. This is their album Stage Fright. I think this was either their second or third album. I'll be honest, I forgot to check that. I do kind of know the band. I like them in general. Um, I know that they started as the backing band for Bob Dylan. And I do know several of their songs, too. I know The Wait, I know Up On Cripple Creek, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. I do have to be honest about that one and say that The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down does bother me a little bit. I enjoy the music. It's a catchy song. And I don't think it's actually glorifying the Confederacy, or Dixie, based on the lyrics. But I do wish that they had made it a little more clear that they aren't trying to do that. I mean, the song's about a southern man during the Civil War and the issues he faced as a result of the war. A southern white man. Yeah, that's fair. War is hell for everyone involved. He was a poor southern man, so yeah, I'm sure that there were issues, but it's just a little too ambiguous in my opinion. Personally, I think that any time you're talking about Dixie in a nostalgic way, it's appropriate to recognize the issues of slavery and white supremacy. The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down doesn't really do that. In fact, Levon Helm, one of the best known members of the band and the vocalist in that song, and an Arkansas native, he said that they really tried to treat Robert Ely respectfully in the song. It's catchy, but it just leaves me a little conflicted. Anyway, that song's not even on this album, so that's kind of me going off on a tangent. But it does affect my thoughts on the band themselves. So I wanted to mention it just briefly. About this album, though. This is Stage Fright. The album was released August 17, 1970. The first thing that I noticed, actually, because it is mentioned on the Spotify tracklist, This album was engineered by Todd Rundgren. He was still just getting his start in music and he had the release with Runt um, I think it was a little bit before this, not too long before. But he was still new and he engineered this album. Now, they did take it to Glenn Johns and have him do some engineering work on it as well and it's not really clear which of the mixes were used on the final album but I still thought that was interesting. As for the songs, they were, they were okay. They weren't bad. There actually were several of them that I kind of enjoyed. It's not the greatest thing in the world. The band can get a little nasally and whiny sometimes. It's not as bad as it could be. Their music is always good. Actually, this album kind of verged on a Zydeco feel a little bit sometimes. They had an accordion in it, and you know I like that. But it wasn't bad. and Like I said, there were several songs that I enjoyed. I enjoyed Sleeping. That one had a really good opening. And it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Randy Newman at his best. And that was a B-side. It wasn't the single, per se, but it was the B-side to the title track. I also liked Time to Kill. That one was a single. And it just sounds like what I expect from the band. It sounds like their music. It didn't really catch on in the U.S. though. It did okay, especially overseas. But it didn't make the top 40 here. It wasn't nearly as popular as its own B-side which is unusual, but that B-side was The Shape I'm In. That was a fairly big hit for the band. Um, I've heard that one. I enjoy the quick cadence in it that makes it catchy, so I understand why that one was popular, even though it was technically the B-side. But it's a catchy song. The only other one in particular that I'm going to mention was W.S. Walcott's Medicine Show. That one was also catchy. It was just, it had a fun tone to it, a fun rhythm, and the lyrics, they were kind of eh. but the music was good, and the tone of the vocals, this one was also sung by Lee Von Helm, even though he didn't always do the vocals, there were several different band members that did vocals for the band, it's confusing, their, their name is The Band, anyway. And the tone of his vocals just really worked for the song. So, some of those lyrics are a little iffy also, I thought. But it's not glorifying. It does mention minstrel shows. That's what W.S. Walcott's medicine show is. It's it's supposed to be inspired by medicine shows and the minstrel shows. Actually, I believe on Helm's time growing up in Arkansas. So some of those lyrics are a little iffy, I don't know, but they're not glorifying that at all. It's not a good picture of the medicine show. So, anyway, when I first listened to this, I thought, well, it's okay. It's not great, but it's not boring either. So I originally leaned toward three and a half stars on this one. It was better than mediocre, but nothing really Stood out to me on it I've listened to it again since that first time And The more I listen to it The more I enjoy it So I am actually Tempted To bump that up a half star I'm not going to But I am tempted So I'm giving it three and a half stars But it is on the high end Of that score Give it a listen And Let us know what you think about it And what you think about the band's other music If they do have some good music To an extent they're a product of their time But Levon Helm was actually the only American in the band The other band members were actually Canadian It was Robbie Robertson He did most of uh, the songwriting I think He did a lot of it at least and there was Rick Danko, who is fairly fairly well known as a member of the band. Uh, let me see, find it in here. Um, Richard Manuel, he was another member, and Garth Hudson, who actually played saxophone on this album. I did also want to mention that because. You know, he did a really good job on that, and that's kind of an unusual instrument. He's also the one who played the accordion. But anyway, yeah. um, Check it out. Let us know what you think. It's definitely not bad. It is verging on a good score, if not a good album. Alright guys, we are going to take a very brief break and then we'll be back together to talk about some more albums so don't go away
0: we're back and you know i was really glad that i could at least save those segments because it was frustrating guys because we had a lot of good content and it just was lost <laughs>
1: yeah, things happen but
0: you know it was a blow but we have some really good music this week to make up for it and actually a bit of a surprise for me if i'm going to be perfectly honest with you Because the first album that we're going to talk about, I kind of expected a little bit of, I don't want to say cheesiness, but kind of that 60s doo-wop vibe. But anyway, before I slander this band anymore, (laughs) this album came out August 31st, 1970. So we're almost current. Oh no wait we're not <laughs> this is the Beach Boys sunflower and I mean, like I said when I'm thinking Beach Boys don't get me wrong I love the music but I thought you know completely California surfer rock <laughs> you know just that traditional Beach Boys sound like I was hoping that they would go outside of their comfort zone a little bit and to my surprise and delight, they did. I think. Yeah. I think they expanded their sound quite a bit in this album. This yeah. is their 16th album.
1: That is crazy. Which I thought crazy. was pretty
0: amazing, too. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. And they had quite a few singles from this album. I'm going to go ahead and list those, actually. They had Add Some Music to Your Day. And they had a like one of the... Lps or the 45s I mean slip on through and this whole world was side one and two then tears in the morning and side two was it's all it's about time and a lot of these songs were familiar I've, I've heard them but just didn't know they were beach boys <laughs> and one more they had one more single it was cool cool water and on the b side was forever so you know as you can see this this got some airplay. So many singles off this. So it was a pleasant surprise. I mean you know, what do you know about the Beatles? Or the Beatles, the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, you know, we could talk forever about what you know about the Beatles.
1: <laughs> We'd have to get Lurk back <laughs> to talk about that one. I mean I know That's right. I know a fair amount about the Beach Boys. Who doesn't? They are the Beach Boys. But mostly I do know Their older stuff, you know, the surf rock. Everybody knows that stuff, and I've heard some of their later
0: operations.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I've heard smile. I hadn't listened to this one before, and it is a different sound.
0: Like I want to say, it's it's still pop in a way, but it has a rock. More of an edge to it than really what I'm familiar with the Beach Boys having. Usually their music's kind of really poppy. It has the doo wop, like good vibrations, with great song. Don't, don't get me wrong, I don't mean to slander the good name of the Beach Boys because I like them. I like their music. And um, side note, we've already reviewed Charles Manson's album this year. And Charles Manson. Was involved with Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Yeah, if everyone wants to look the history of that one up. I think that was that's pretty interesting, actually. He may he may you know have felt like the Beach Boys or Brian Wilson, st- has stolen his music, <laughs> and maybe was a little angry about that. <laughs> maybe that was the trigger. Who knows? But we're not here to talk about that. We're gonna get into Sunflower. This had quite a few songs that I thought were worthy for people to check out. Uh, I'm just going to list them out real fast I thought Slip On Through was really good Got to know the woman Strangely enough, I really liked Deirdre De- De- Deirdre, I can't, I can't even say it correctly It's D-E-I-R D-R-E And I just, I can't really, I can, I keep Mispronouncing it It's a ballad In a way, but it's really good I like It's About Time Tears in the Morning Really really liked All I Want to Do I thought that one was One of the best on the album I liked Forever And I liked Cool Cool Water I thought it had a really cool vibe So But I um, Like I said Like a lot of the singles I thought were really good Plus more But, you know, what did you think about this album?
1: Um, I thought it was okay. I actually wasn't a huge fan of it. There were several songs that were... They were okay, maybe even good. But, I don't know. It just wasn't really grabbing me. I did think that, like I said, it had a different sound. And each song kind of had a different sound. So, that might have been part of it. like think... Deirdre? Or Deirdre? I can't pronounce it either. That one was more like the older Beach Boys. But, Got to Know the Woman had a soul flare to it. And Tears in the Morning had a little bit of a Beatles vibe. I did like those songs. Um... All I Wanna Do is Vaguely Familiar, but I don't think I actually know that one. I think it just reminds me of something else. Not Cheryl Crow, although the title does keep making me think of Cheryl Crow, <laughs> and it is also well, all they
0: want to do is have some fun.
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it does. Um, it is now considered proto shoegaze music or chill wave, so that's kind of cool. Chill wave, yep. Yeah, that's considered to be one of, if not the first song in that genre. And forever, that one was my favorite. I actually knew that song Um, at least I know John Stamos version that he performed on Full House a few times (laughs) I think it might have even been the episode where he got married sorry guys spoiler alert but
0: Uncle Jesse yeah, that hair
1: (laughs) he performed that (laughs) song and it's a really pretty song I do really like that one I just I don't know it didn't totally grab me, but it wasn't bad. I did think that Side 2 was a little better. It was all pleasant, though. I just didn't think it was as interesting as I wanted it to be. But it was critically acclaimed, so that might just be me. You know, this is... Sunflower is on Rolling Stone's list of 500 best albums. At least it was in 2003. It was number 380. So, it's probably yeah. well, just me. I
0: think... I think the reason it has so many different sounds is they all had input. Right. This is one of the first times that they all had creative input. And not everyone is, you know, like there's a lot of different lead vocalists throughout this album. But it just just so happens that everyone in the Beach Boys could be a lead vocalist. They were all good. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> so.
1: I just didn't think and I, very much of it stood out. I guess.
0: I think I liked and appreciated the fact that they all—you could tell that they all were experimenting—and they all had you know, input into it. I think um, it really—it ranked like in like one hundred fifty-one in Billboard two hundred, so it didn't rank like very high as far as when it came out in nineteen seventy. I think later on, right as time has gone by, like you said, all, all I want to do was the introduction of Chill Wave, and it's just, a lot of the singles were really good. Yeah, it was influential.
1: Maybe I'm just still stuck in 1970, so I'm looking at it for 1970, eyes, <laughs> even though I wasn't actually yeah. born yet then.
0: <sighs> now, for me, though, I, I was pleasantly surprised with it, and I gave it four stars. So, you know, what did you give it?
1: Well, I'm not that far behind you. Like I said, I didn't think that anything really stood out, but I also didn't think it was bad. It was pleasant. So, I gave it three and a half.
0: Well, Miss Sting, you're already rearing her head. Hey. She got a whole week off and still can't get give these albums what they deserve.
1: Hey. We didn't have a week (laughs) off. We might not have had an audio episode, but we still had the content.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we did. It's kind of frustrating that we... (laughs) we uh, Because I listened to those albums quite a bit. (laughs) And we did post our scores
1: on our Instagram and Facebook pages, so you can always go there and at least get that much info.
0: Yeah. And... Like I said, the Beach Boys album was a pleasant surprise. Now the next album that we're getting ready to talk about I've already heard I've not heard the whole thing But I'm very familiar with this artist Now This actually is his debut album This album came out Between September 1st and 7th So it may have come out on your birthday
1: Happy birthday to me
0: (laughs) Quite a a few years before But We're going to talk about Curtis Mayfield's Curtis and I was already you know like I said I've already heard some of the stuff from this album because I'm really familiar with Curtis Mayfield but actually more for his, from his later stuff so yeah. I don't want to I don't want to talk a whole lot about that because we will be getting into that stuff that actually starts about 1971 I believe so Soon. but right now yeah right now we're in 1970 and Curtis is getting his start, his chance for his debut album and actually a couple of songs were singles I was surprised about that I didn't know this one was actually a single and it's don't worry if there's a hell down below we're all gonna go that one has a really strong message basically we all sin (laughs) We're all the same, guys. Nobody's better than anyone, so you so maybe not need to judge anyone. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it was. And the other single from the album is Move On Up. And, like I said, I was already a fan of Curtis Mayfield. I love his voice. It's so smooth. Such as honey, sweet smooth soul voice. And but as far as my songs to check out I'm sitting here looking at the list and it's so extensive it's just I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna list them but it's most of the album don't worry the other side of town because of the message a lot of this album has a message maybe not directed to you or I.
1: Yeah, we're because not the intended audience
0: here. Yes, we are not. But, the, you know, that being said, that doesn't mean I can't respect the art of this, and I was actually drawn to it more than you, actually. Well, we've already, before we recorded, guys, we may have talked a little bit about it. Just a <laughs> little bit. We try not to. <laughs> yeah, we try not to, because we try to save it for the, you know, the podcast, but we did talk about it a little bit. But... A lot of this was for African Americans, you know, people of color, however you state it. So this wasn't for us, maybe necessarily, but but some of this, like I said, don't worry, if there's a hell down below we're all gonna go. That's for everyone. But some of these songs were directed at the at the community. I will say. Yeah. So, and that's not to defend anyone, but I really like this album. The Other Side of Town I loved it I thought it was a really good song I like The Makings of You it has more of that sweet you know just it's more of a ballad I thought it was really great and pretty I like We The People Who Are Darker Than Blue and by the title you know that that one is like I'm talking about They're not. it's not directed it's toward us <laughs> But it is a very good, it's a, it has a very good social message. and I like to move on up. So the two singles are definitely really good. I really liked Miss Black America. And the message that, you know, the message that he gave in that song. I really liked Wild and Free. And I liked Give It Up. So, you know, it really did resonate with me. But I was already a fan of Curtis Mayfield. So, you know, and, you know, we, like we said, we talked about before, you weren't really as drawn to it, right. but, you know, were there any songs that, that did stand out to you?
1: Yeah, um, I did really like The Other Side of Town as well. That one I thought was the best on the album. I didn't dislike this album. I just had a little bit of a hard time focusing on it. It might be partly due to the other stuff going on this week. This is also a really, really mellow album. It's is—it's soft, and it's slow, and it made it almost hard for me to stay awake while I was listening to it. That was my only problem with it. The music was good, and I loved the message. It was just maybe a little too mellow for me. For this week. But I did really like the other side of town. I made a note of that one.
0: Yeah. Like, um, I listened to it. Quite a few times. It does require. Repeat listenings. It's not an album that you're going to get. The whole me- intended message. From one listen. You know one listen. I would say that. As a caveat if you're trying to listen to this album. You're probably going to have to sit down and. If you want to really get the message You're going to have to sit down and listen to it a few times But For me Honestly, and I try not to dole these out But And I know it didn't resonate with you But I try not to dole these out all the time And it seems like we haven't had a few lately But for me, this is a five star album The production was great And, you know, I know it is slow like you said it was peaceful I don't want to say it's slow because the pace wasn't necessarily slow a lot of the songs have like bongos and stuff like that and a lot of rhythm so it's not all it doesn't drag I wouldn't say that but it is very peaceful yeah and his voice a is so his voice is so honey sweet smooth it'll almost hypnotize you that's that's the, the effect that Curtis Mayfield probably has. You know. Right yeah. now he's coming from, from soul. He's coming from a soul background and he's you know, moving he's gonna be moving more toward funk, actually. Funk soul. Pretty soon. But funk it, <laughs> Yeah, this this for me, five stars. Five star album, great production because I don't know. It just really resonated with me and the message is great. I, th- I recommend everyone listen to this. What did you get it?
1: Like you said, I didn't score it as high as you, but this comes with a caveat because you know, I do feel like you know part of it may have just been you know, that I had a crazy week and I was tired. I like the way you described it. It is very peaceful and very hypnotic and it was just really hard for me to focus on it this week. So for me it was a three and a half star. But it is good and I do recommend that people listen to it anyway. I will listen to it again and maybe that will bump up.
0: Oh gosh. Two three and a half stars in a row. (laughs) <laughs> she is going to be hard to please. She was hard to please this week. Me. Not it was so a much. rough week. <laughs> <laughs> now, this next album we're getting ready to talk about, if, if this didn't please you, you then know I'm going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've already had an album from this band, this group this year and you didn't rate it as high as I did it was a five star from me this one came out September 8th 1970 and this is the Jackson fives third album and like I said we've already had an album that was ABC <laughs> surprisingly enough they didn't call it second album you know I hate I hate the title yeah first off the, the titles just dreadful and I mean the album cover really wasn't anything. It's just you know, like pictures almost not kaleidoscope. But you know, it's it's really nothing special. So you're know, not I don't guess the Jackson Five are known for their artwork or I mean, you know, creativity when they name their albums, maybe. But true to the name, this is their third album. So that's good. They didn't try anything wacky. They're <laughs> Like a Frank Zappa thing to name their his like twenty third album, just just named his third album. At so,
1: least they gave it a name.
0: <laughs> now there there were a couple singles from this album. There was um I'll be there. <laughs> Who doesn't know that song? And some and Mama's Pearl. I actually wasn't familiar with that until I listened to this album. I wasn't either but uh, you know I don't remember that one so I guess I've missed that one but it was good now as far as songs to check out I I guess I'm biased this album was great I enjoyed this obviously I'll be there Michael Jackson's voice is so great just so wonderful I like it was hard for me because when I listen to this I loved ABC. I loved it. I think it was more... I don't want to say poppy. but It was a little more up-tempo. A little more upbeat than this album. This album was a little slower.
1: Yeah.
0: And a little calmer. (laughs) So, going into it, I was expecting a little more upbeat. Obviously, I'll be there. That's great. So, don't get me wrong. And... I love "Ready or Not, Here I Come." Their cover of that, because I thought that was their song, and I've actually heard—I believe it's Lauren Hill.
1: Yeah, I don't think it might be the it
0: might be the Fugees. Yeah, that did it. So, like that song, it's it's great. It's classic. So their cover of it, amazing. I like "Oh, How Happy." (sighs) I like. Their cover of Bridge Over Troubled Water, and I think Germaine does an okay job vocals. But, like I've said before, I'm gonna say it again Glenn Campbell was the absolute best on the song. Nobody's done it better than Glenn, it's just my opinion. But sorry, Jermaine, Glenn did it better. But I did like their cover. I like Can I See You in the Morning. I thought it was kind of sweet. Nuts. And I've gotten over the, the weirdness of hearing little young Michael Jackson <laughs> singing like this to a woman. Yeah, so,
1: singing sexy songs.
0: <laughs> yeah, so whatever. You have to get over that. But I liked going back to Indiana. And I, I believe that song was attached to uh, some kind of documentary or, or something like that that they were going to produce. <laughs> just about dropped my uh, my <laughs> sister here. If anyone hears a thought, <laughs> um, just about dropped you in the floor. But I, I, believe, it be it attached, well, I believe it was attached. Well, I believe it was attached to something like that. They were gonna um, they were gonna film like, some kind of documentary or something like that, and they may have may have done it. I don't remember. I've lost the notes on that. We are having technical difficulties, but not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, I liked. How Funky Is Your Chicken Uh, It's just fun Obviously by the title Nothing serious And like I said before Mama's Pearl It was one of the singles I liked it too I didn't think it was just stellar But I think all the songs are good Reach In And The Love I Saw The Love I Saw in You Was Just a Mirage I thought that one was really nice Really pretty And Darling dear. So, most of this album, I would just recommend check out. So, I mean, go ahead and just listen to the whole thing, pretty much. Now, listen to ABC first, or maybe listen to this one first, and then go back and listen to ABC. (laughs) Because, I don't know. I think ABC is a better album. But, before I give it my score, you know, what did you think about it?
1: You already know. Three and
0: a half? (laughs) Three and a half? Yeah. We know. (laughs) No. No.
1: (laughs) You already know I love this album. I mean, okay, I love Michael Jackson. I am probably always going to love anything musical that he ever did. And, you know, like we did find out earlier this year, or really just confirmed what we already knew, the Jackson Five as a whole was a terrific group, and they made great music. This album is no different. It's still great. You actually said a lot of the same things that I'm going to say, but I'm going to repeat them anyway, just to reiterate. (laughs) Obviously.
0: We uh, we are correct. Yeah. yeah,
1: You know when we agree (laughs) that you can really trust what we're saying. We are, after all, siblings. (laughs) No, obviously, I love I'll Be There. That is such a great song. I mean... It's so well known, and loved, and for good reason. It's just fantastic, and it's a really good choice to open the album, because it is so good. It automatically put me in a good mood and ready to hear more. You know, I also knew and like, ready or not, the background vocals on that one are just, they're so good. They're almost, but not quite, creepy in a way, but it's a good way. You know, it's. It's just another example of music done right. I hate to go song by song, but it's so hard not to with an album like this.
0: So, Well, to to butt in, that Ready or Not Here I Come, do you know who sang the original?
1: Delphonics, right?
0: Yep. Yep. (laughs) I was wondering. It wasn't on the album that you've already reviewed this year, though, I don't think. I can't remember. I don't remember it being.
1: <laughs> it might have been, but I can't remember. I've heard their version, but I do know the Jackson Five version better.
0: I mean, that's that's the thing about the Jackson Five. A lot of their songs aren't original; they are covers. Yeah. But I don't I don't hold that against them because they do make it their own. Yeah. So
1: they do such a good job they, on it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, not not always. As good as the original version. But a lot of times, right there beside it. Yeah. I would say that. Yeah. So, but yeah, the Delphonic, so that was cool to me. Uh, You've already, you know, listened to a couple of those, or you did.
1: Uh, Yeah, I did. (laughs) And it was really good. I recommended that one as well. I think that was an off-the-record album, but it was a hit.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, on on an album like this, it's hard not to go song by song. So, here we are, track three, and I have to say something about it. That one's Oh How Happy. Um, I wanted to mention the vocals on that one, because Jermaine is the lead on that one instead of Michael. And like I said when we did ABC, I really like Jermaine's voice. It's really pretty. And as much as I do love Michael, it's good to switch it up a little. Especially back then when he was still so young, because he definitely did have a young sounding voice. It was good. But it's not as pretty as germaines, so it's good to switch it up. I agree with you on "Bridge Over Troubled Water." It was again, it was good. Uh, but it.
0: You agree that Glenn Campbell's version is the absolute best? You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. I, she just, she just confirmed it. No. She just said she agreed. <laughs> okay. Next. I said
1: I agreed that it was good, but not. It's not fantastic. <laughs> this one is. It is, like we just said, the Jackson 5 do a lot of covers. And they do a good job on covers because they really make it their own. And you tend to think of these songs as just being theirs. This is not a case of that. This is clearly a cover. And it hampers it a little bit. But that's because this song in itself is so well known. It is a standard. They couldn't really make it their own as much as some other songs you know it's always going to be a Simon and Garfunkel song to me that is the best version yeah. but but <laughs> this one's good you know but anything that differs too much from Simon and Garfunkel is always going to sound just a little bit off it's good it's not as good as the original or glenn campbell's version from a few weeks ago see you just got to let me get through my notes
0: Ooh, glenn Glenn is number Glenn, two. Glenn, the man.
1: <laughs> um. One B. <1B>. What?
0: One <laughs> <laughs> B. <1B. laughs>
1: yeah, there I were a see. few other songs on here that I already knew. Like you said, you know, "How funky is your chicken?" Fun song, just a lot of fun. And um, can I see you in the morning? I had heard that one as well. One that I didn't know that really stood out, like you mentioned, is Going Back to Indiana. That is actually one of my favorite songs off of this album now. Because it was just so much fun. I danced around my whole house while that song was playing, and I was really sorry when it ended. That one's definitely playlist material for me. But the whole thing was good. And I did really enjoy it. And I'm not going to give my score until after you, but... Spoiler alert, it's not three and a half.
0: (laughs) Well, this album was critically successful and commercially successful. It's actually one of their best and most successful albums, actually. And um, it sold over, what, six million copies worldwide. So, you know, pretty successful back then.
1: Deservedly so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't like it as much as I do ABC. But it's full of good songs. I just listed all of them just about. It's just a different different feel in this album. Maybe I just like when they seem a little happier. More up tempo. Poppier even. You know, maybe I like them like that better. But that being said, <laughs> this is four and a half stars still. It's not five. I gave it five last. I gave ABC five stars. This one for me was four and a half. Still great. And side note, I, I, it was pleasant for me. I don't believe on ABC that Jackie Jackson had a whole lot of vocal, other than being background vocals. In this album, he has quite a few lead parts in it. You know, we've mentioned yeah. Jermaine and we've mentioned Michael, but we didn't mention Jackie Jackson and i had to look it up because i knew there was a third voice there and that was pretty cool so i thought that was pretty pretty nice
1: i noticed that as well
0: yeah and jackie jackson had a great voice too so janet jackson i mean what you know that family just loaded with talent
1: yeah they're incredible
0: yes (laughs) so like i said four and a half stars so what did you give it
1: I think I gave ABC four and a half, if I remember correctly. Is that right?
0: Yes, I believe so. Okay.
1: Yeah. This one, I think I might like it a little better than ABC, actually. But it's close. But it is a really good album. It's not five stars through the whole thing, though. Some of the songs are five stars. I'll Be There is a five-star song. but some of the songs are only four and a half. A couple may have even only been four. There's nothing on here that's less than four stars. But I didn't give it five. I did think about it because I did really enjoy it, but I agreed with you, and I gave this one four and a half as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone definitely needs to check this out. But, yeah, I think check this one out and then ABC. Really. Go with the go with the peaceful calm, and then maybe pick it up a little bit.
1: <laughs> but either way, so. definitely listen to both of them because they're both just amazing.
0: Oh yeah! Now I think we're gonna take a quick break because coming up, we have a Jeff's Just Jamming segment. We have some encouraging words, I guess I should say. <laughs> Bad jokes, of course, always. Always. Yep, and we will be right back. What's up everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Jeff's Just Jammin'. You know what, it is an exciting week this week because it's a little different. You know, the last, what, three or four Jeff's Just Jammin' episodes, I've done something that has more of a rock flair to it. But this week, it's a little different. We're bringing in a little bit of soul a little bit of rock, and a lot of gospel. This album came out September 11th, 1970, and it's Encouraging Words by Billy Preston. And you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, I always am. Before now, I'd never heard of Billy Preston, but I'm gonna, you know, like I said, I'm gonna be honest with you, and I always am. I'm really impressed by Billy Preston and I'm excited for what else he has in store and actually this is his second album on Apple Records strangely enough and you might know Apple Records because that's the Beatles record label so he was a soul artist and a lot of people say this is the best album other than you know the Beatles albums and you know the solo stuff from the Beatles but I say it's right up there with it Uh, this is actually Billy Preston's fifth studio album but this is his second on Apple Records and I'm gonna be able to go back now because I never try to go forward I don't wanna cheat but I'm gonna be able to go back and see what the first album that he released for Apple Records is now because this is exciting now if I wanna really get into the the personnel on this of course Billy Preston does vo- vocals he's amazing on the organ as well he's very versatile he plays piano electric piano harmonica and actually backing vocals sometimes so that's pretty interesting uh, George Harrison plays electric guitars Moog synthesizer and does backing vocals so already you know, obviously you probably never heard of Billy Preston, but you know who George Harrison is. And the one that surprised me, Eric Clapton plays electric guitar on three of the tracks. You know, I'll actually list them here in a minute because I'm going to point out some things about the, the tracks because it's varied. It has... Some, some songs have a little bit of a rock vibe. Some have soul. Some have, like you feel like you're in church, and it's really nice. It's so, it's soulful as well, and I love it. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and name the rest of the personnel. We have Delaney Bramlett on electric guitar and backing vocals. Carl Radle on bass guitar. Jim Gordon on drums. Klaus Bormann on bass guitar. Ringo Starr on drums. Bobby Keys on saxophone. Jim Price trumpet, trombone, and horn arrangements. The Edwin Hawkins Singers. Heard of them, him before. Uh, backing vocals on a couple of tracks on here. And members of the Temptations tour band on here. And members of some Sam and Dave's tour band. So this is like star studded. And you can tell when you listen to it from the very first track right now. As soon as it hit, and his voice came in, and his organ, the organ came in the way he's playing. He's really talented. I would say definitely check out right now. I like most of the tracks, but definitely right now. I say use what you got. That's track three. I like his cover of My Sweet Lord by George Harrison. This it actually came out a couple months before George Harrison's version, which was actually pretty interesting. But his version, uh, you know George Harrison was in was he was um, into Harry Krishna at the time. I mean, maybe that's defensive, I don't mean into, but you know what I'm saying. He had went and I think the Beatles had went to India and or seeking enlightenment and he found the harry krishna religion and and so you know in, in my sweet lord george harrison actually says harry krishna well a billy preston version that that doesn't happen you know he sing, sings my sweet lord there's a church choir ladies in the background uh you know echoing the my sweet lord and hallelujah and it's really soulful and really nice so definitely check it out I don't know I think I like George Harrison's version better but this is a close second and I say um, listen to let the music play it has a nice bit of vocal arrangement in it and some really nice harmonies in it I like that quite a bit and then um, you go to side 2 he does a cover of I've got a feeling which is actually a Lennon McCartney song Um, I say definitely check that one out. He also does a cover of Sing One for the Lord, which is George Harrison's song as well. And it came out, obviously, before George Harrison's version because we haven't reviewed that yet. But I know there's a triple album in our future. And I'm excited about it because I love George Harrison. I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I am a big George Harrison fan. But I'm not here to talk about George Harrison. here to talk about Billy Preston encouraging words so sorry I get sidetracked but um, George Harrison does have a huge hand in this album so maybe not so sidetracked but uh, definitely check out sing one for the Lord most of these songs encouraging words really is very inspiring so definitely check it out and then all things must pass um, that, I believe, came out before George Harrison's as well On the triple album Now, I may be wrong There may maybe only two of those Maybe only two of those But, you know Like I said, George Harrison's hand is all over this album And I'm a huge George, George Harrison fan And I'm a huge Billy Preston fan Now that I know who he is and I look forward to checking out more of his work in the future and I'm going to be able to go in the past and really delve into his catalog and see if it's more of a gospel or soul so I'm really excited about that but if I were to rate this album it was really hard for me because I was going between four and four and a half stars and you know I believe it's four and a half stars the productions really good on it now I did listen to a remastered copy I believe it was remastered in 2010 and that's what you're gonna find on Spotify so you know I didn't get a chance to listen to what it sounded like from 1970 so that did sway my score a little bit I would say that but for as far as quality this is very very like underrated and i think everyone should check it out i think you're really gonna like it and be pleased with it so you know I, I struggled about the between four and four and a half but this is four and a half stars so you know definitely check it out but i think uh we're gonna take a quick break and when we get back more music you know, music never stops, and neither do I. All right, getting back, and I hope everyone liked. Um, if they're listening along, I hope for everyone liked Billy Preston's encouraging words, because I definitely did. Pleasant surprise. I wouldn't expect that coming from Apple Records. Just not something, just not something I expected you know, when I looked it up. But uh, yeah, everyone definitely check out Billy Preston. I don't think I'm going to be disappointed. And start here. Because it's great. It almost has that... Church vibe. Just so Like I said, it doesn't sound like it belongs on Apple Records. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> hey,
1: they're not all Beatles music. That's just what it mostly is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. But, <laughs> but it, it was great. But like I said, check it out. And now the next album maybe not as great as the last two albums Jackson 5 or Billy Preston but I don't want to spoil that too much this album came out September 14th 1970 so we're already halfway through September so we're moving right along but this is the birds untitled and I've seen it actually listed as untitled and then something else on the album cover but I could not see it's untitled and unreleased maybe was what it said I'm not sure but all I found like in print you know typing in type on the internet and stuff was untitled but the album cover looks like it has something else on it as well but it's actually the ninth studio album Surprisingly enough, it's a double album But the first LP It's live concert recordings From earlier in 1970 And I said that And it almost sounded like um, I didn't mean it in a good way I mean, they're good songs And it's pretty much, it's their hits And I did listen to it But I'm not gonna spend a lot of time You know, going over that Because those aren't you know, new things. There's songs that that they've already done. But, how familiar, you know, are you with the birds?
1: I know their 60s stuff. And I liked the birds from the 60s. Um, So, I actually didn't listen to their live stuff, but I know that's just because I didn't want it to skew my opinion, because I did know a lot of the stuff that they had been performing there. eight miles high and uh, mr tambourine man i think were two of the songs that were on that live album but i like that stuff so
0: yeah it's um i thought it was pretty good and the production actually was was pretty decent i don't know if i got a remastered version probably but because I I believe this is on Spotify if everyone wants to check it out now don't get me wrong I don't think it's a bad album but I don't think it's their best work for me I I believe they have better stuff now there was one single on the album and that's Chestnut Mare this album has I don't know would you say a folksy country rock? I'm not any easy on the rock. Yeah. Soft yeah. country rock? <laughs> I think that's maybe? a fair assessment. That that feel to it? I mean, it's listed as rock and country rock, but I don't believe there's a whole lot of rock in this. I didn't feel very rock, rock like I was rocking out. <laughs> I definitely wasn't jamming. <laughs> yeah. Now, listen... The sing- well, there was only one single and that was Chestnut Mayor. and there are a few songs to check out Three, in my opinion <laughs> because you notice know, it's a big difference between Jackson 5 and this for me so maybe I was going from Jackson 5 through this and that pretty a little bit I don't know but I feel like Chestnut mayor is a good song I think everyone should check that out I liked Hungry Planet and I like take a whiff on me. <laughs> this is a politically correct show. Well, don't. It's not for the kids because it is about drug use. But maybe I like the fact they put something with a, a little bit of life. Maybe it does send a bad message because it is about drug use. It's not their song. No. So it's. I mean, it's called Cocaine Blues. If everyone looks wants to look up "Cocaine Blues," yeah, it's, it's based an old off blues that standard. song. Yeah, it's been around forever, so, but and that's what it's about. It's about cocaine. So, I don't want to glorify that on this show because that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> don't drain your bank account, folks, and harm your health. It's not worth it. And, uh, you don't want to spiral out like that. But it's a good song, though. But really. That's the only three songs that I really... (laughs) I'm I'm trying to be nice because I'm really happy about this about this whole Georgia Turning Blue thing. But I've already (laughs) talked too much about that. (laughs) What did you think about this album, though?
1: It was a little bit disjointed in a way. It wasn't nearly as good as... The stuff released by previous incarnations of the band. Let's just say that you know, they had a lot of lineup changes. Most of the band members, whose names that you would recognize, like you know, Graham Parsons and Chris Hillman and David Crosby, they weren't with the Birds anymore at this point. And you know, I think that did harm it. I just like their stuff better, I guess. You know, I like the Birds, but a lot of this was just boring. Some of the music was good, I will say that, but I didn't think it was very special. The vocals were really lacking. I really had a problem with the vocals. My favorite song, though, is actually one that you didn't mention. The best on the album for me was Just a Season. I feel like I've heard it before. I can't be sure, but I did enjoy that one. I also did like Chestnut Mare though, Um, except (laughs) I liked the musical parts of it. The version that I heard, which I think was on YouTube, Music, Um, I didn't listen to this on Spotify so we might have gotten slightly different versions, but the version that I heard, the verses were kind of a spoken word sort of thing. That was a little strange and didn't match the prettiness of the rest of the song. But I did think the, the musical parts of Chestnut Mare were pretty. I did make a note about Take A Whiff On Me. I actually didn't care for it that much. I've heard of it. I've heard of the other versions, and i heard of this version. But my problem with it was just the vocals. They were just a little too whiny for me.
0: He was, um, suffering from the effects of the, uh... <laughs> of the whiff whiff that he
1: took (laughs) yeah
0: now i want to throw in something i didn't realize until i was glanced at my notes you know uh, graham parsons does backing vocals on all the things
1: yeah i did see that as well
0: i completely missed that so that's kind of cool it's all connected guys (laughs) but anyway sorry
1: (laughs) that's okay now, the only other song that I have a note on is actually one that you did mention, but we have a different opinion of it. I don't even know what happened with Hungry Planet. That song is just weird. I know you liked it, but
0: I... I liked I, it because it was different.
1: I don't know what they were thinking other than lots and lots of drugs. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> so, it, I'll tell you something funny. Something, okay. You probably don't have the album cover in front of you right now. I did look at but, it. <laughs> all right, Roger. I believe it's Roger McGuinn that is in the front in the photo on the album cover. I don't know, but he looks like McLovin.
1: <laughs> I didn't look at a picture that was big enough to notice that.
0: Everyone at Chord Chronicles on Instagram Look at this album cover (laughs) And tell me He does not look like McLovin McLovin could play that part (laughs) If there's ever A Birds Like a a docu-series Or something like that about their Their life (laughs) Tell me you couldn't do it But anyway
1: Um, I do have one other thing to add And it's actually about the title First of all, my first comment that I have now taken out of my notes, but I'm going to share it anyway, was, I can see why this was untitled, because it was pretty uninspiring. But it was actually a mistake. Um, There's two different stories about why it ended up being printed as untitled, but they both agree in that it was just not titled yet. When the record company asked what the title was It differs in who told the record company that the band hadn't decided on a title yet But either way, the record company ran with it, printed the albums as untitled And then by the time the band found out it was too late to change it so.
0: They were probably too busy getting a whip on them
1: <laughs> Maybe so I don't know Funny go ahead story. and give
0: me your star rating. Yeah, go ahead and give me your star rating. I wanna know it. I wanna see if you rate it higher than I did this week. You've been <laughs> okay. you've been three and a half star in everything. So well this
1: so one didn't get three and a half either. <laughs> but this one got a little lower <laughs> than that. You know, it did get pretty good reviews. I'll give them that. You know, but I wasn't impressed. It was boring. I'm sorry, but there just wasn't anything interesting about this album so you know what my score is going to be. Because any time an album is neither outright bad or good, but I say that it's boring, it's always going to be three stars.
0: A little even lower than the three and a half? This hasn't been a good week musically at all. No, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, it really wasn't much better for me, honestly. This is three and a half stars. The production is pretty good on it. So that's why I gave it that half star bump. You know how it works for me? Yep. Uh, it was pretty uninspiring. I think it's untitled because it doesn't really deserve a title, other than Yawn. Yeah. So, the birds than, can do better. <laughs> well, other than take a whiff on me, because it has a lot of pep. I wonder why. <laughs> For the most part, this is just a listless album. And if if this were on the other, uh, if this were on the other show, I would say this was a sit.
1: Yes, I Not agree.
0: Not bad. But So yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. This one, eh, it's okay. The birds have done better and who knows we're going to be listening probably to more from them. I don't know. So I'm sure they probably have more in store for us that's better. So I sure hope so because this one wasn't really good.
1: Yeah, it was disappointing.
0: Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to take another break. Just all these breaks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Just get to the point already. (laughs) <laughs>
1: hey we've got two weeks worth of stuff to fit in here
0: <laughs> Well that's right But we are going to take a quick break Because we're going to finish out this week With And Amy's all alone and I don't want to spoil it, But I'm going to tell you Ricky Nelson Rick Nelson sings Nelson I haven't listened to it yet <laughs> So I can't wait to hear What you have to say about it So I'm going to take a quick break We're going to do that And then when we get back, I guess we'll close the show out. All right. All right. Be right back.
1: Hey guys, I'm back, and I'm all alone, and this is, fittingly, my Amy's All Alone segment. For a week, oh gosh, whatever we're on, 19, I think. It's getting pretty hard to keep track. Anyway. My Amy's All Alone album for this week, I was really looking forward to because I do know this artist, but I hadn't heard this exact album. This is Ricky Nelson, Rick Sings Nelson, kind of a clever title, kind of weird, but whatever, I like it. I was familiar with Ricky Nelson, like I said. I, I may not have been born until the 80s, but I've always been interested in older stuff, so I'm familiar with Ozzie and Harriet, the TV show. And, of course, that is actually where Ricky Nelson got his start as an actor more than a singer, even when he was just a little boy. But then, of course, he had his hits as a teenage idol, and they're all good. So, you know, I knew some of his later stuff, too. I'll mention that in a few minutes again, but I was looking forward to this because I did know some of his career. And in fact, last year, I even went to a show um, done by his twin sons, Gunnar and Matthew, known as Nelson. And they talked a lot about their dad during that show and performed some of his songs. So that really got me even more interested in him. So I was looking forward to this. To start off with, this album came out sometime between September 14th and 17th, 1970, so we really are getting closer to being caught up. We are really working hard to get to that point. We're not sure exactly what date it came out, but we did find a newspaper review from a Thursday, September 17th paper that says the album was released, quote, this week. So, the 14th would have been Monday, the 17th was Thursday, so we figure it came out sometime that week. So, like I said, I like Ricky Nelson, but this was admittedly kind of a weird time in his career. He was transitioning, um, his style, and basically his whole life. I like the stuff that came later, like garden party, I already knew that stuff. And I like the earlier teen idol 50s and early 60s stuff. But I hadn't actually heard anything from this exact time period. This is him performing with the Stone Canyon Band. And they have more of a country feel. Which actually surprised me a little. I wasn't expecting that. That's not like the other stuff of his that he had done that I know. This also isn't quite as good as that other work, unfortunately. It's okay. It's just not as good as those. It is worth mentioning, though, that he did write every song on this album himself. It's the first time he'd done that, and I think it's the only album where he wrote every song. I could be wrong, but it's the only one I saw where that is the case. His next couple of albums were. Mostly, not completely, but mostly written by him. I did have some covers and some songs that were just written by other people. I did enjoy some of the songs on here, though. Um, The first track, we've got such a long way to go. It's a catchy song. It was okay. The only problem is it was just a little bit too long and repetitive. And... A lot of the songs on here suffered from that same problem. They were good, but they just needed a little more... ...difference in the lyrics. Um, It's kind of hard to explain. It's just not very creative in the lyrics, I guess. He used the same line a lot he would say it just maybe one or two many times, or he should have just moved on. Same review, basically, for the song Anytime. I think it was track three. It's a pretty song. It's a slower, ballad style song, and I did really like the music. It was really pretty, but again, the lyrics did get a little bit repetitive. It wasn't terrible, but I did notice it, and I wish that It had been a little different. One that I did like, though, down along the bayou country. I know, I know, I'm obsessed with New Orleans, but that's not it. It was just good. It was a little zydeco, which I do enjoy, but it really was more just country music. Most of the album was country rock and maybe some folk. This one was more just straight-up country to me, but I liked it. I thought it was really good. None of the album is bad, though. It's just kind of forgettable. Now, it did get better for me on the second listen. After the first listen, I was originally going to just rate this three stars, because while it was okay, nothing stood out. I literally couldn't remember anything that I had just heard after I stopped listening. But I did give it another chance. I listened to it again and it was better. Um, It's still a little forgettable, but it was just more enjoyable on the second time. I was able to focus on it more. And it did chart accordingly as well. The album did break the Billboard 200 chart, but just barely. It peaked at 196, so it just barely cracked that, but it did chart. Like I said, It is okay. It's fine. And it did get better on the second listen. I didn't listen to it a third time because I just ran out of time, to be honest. It's been such a crazy week. It's still not quite good enough for four stars from me. But it's it's definitely not bad, and I wouldn't call it completely mediocre. It's a little better than that. So, I did go ahead and give it three and a half stars. I'm probably not going to listen to it again, but I I don't, it's not bad. I don't want to give that impression. And if you like Ricky Nelson or if you like this style of music, check it out. It's not annoying or anything. It's good. It's just not as good as some of the other stuff we've had. But I am glad that I listened to it. Now I know. And I am looking forward to listening to more of his stuff that's coming later. Like I said, I do know Garden Party. And I love that song. I always have. I know it was a little bit of a comeback period for it. I guess because he wasn't particularly successful during this time period. I'm not the only one who thinks it's a little forgivable. But anyway, I guess that's all I have to say. So... That's it for Rick Sings Nelson, and that's all for Amy's All Alone. I'm gonna... I think we're gonna take a, a short break, maybe, or maybe not. I don't know. It'll depend on what he does in editing. But we're gonna come back and end the show now. Thanks for listening to me. And making me so I am not completely alone.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen and we're back Amy's all alone you're not alone now
1: no we're back together
0: yep and I haven't heard it yet but I'm anxious to hear what you said about Ricky Nelson Rick sings Nelson because I'm gonna wait and see if I should listen to it because I may not even want to waste my time there's too much music guys too much music <laughs> so. it's a lot of music <laughs> But like I said at the start of the show, it is great to be back. I was feeling a little sick, <laughs> a little down, a little low energy, a little beat down by uh, all the technical difficulties. But as Bender would say, I'm back baby. <laughs> it has been a pretty good music week for me, but probably a little better than you I believe. Maybe the, maybe the scales are shifting back in my favor a little bit. Maybe these states are turning blue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Last week, I had a great week. I think. Maybe it was the week before. Gosh, I can't remember.
0: <laughs> so much music, guys. But, um... I'm going to close out the show like I always do. I hope everyone has a nice, fun-filled music week. And this virus is getting... Just spreading wildfire, guys. So be careful out there. Please social distance. Take it seriously. Please. Be kind to others. Wear your mask. And don't go out unnecessarily. With Thanksgiving coming up, just maybe, you know, as terrible as it is, spend it at home. Yeah, just don't risk it. Do virtual. Do virtual Thanksgiving. Make it. Make it work. That doesn't mean you can't be with your family. You just can't be with them physically right now but just be safe guys and have a good week